Let's pray before we start, shall we? Uh, Let's ask God to help us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that the words uh, that we've just sung are true, that you are perfectly holy in every way. Thank you that you're a God who who is good and who does what is right and who is in control of all things. Father, we... Um, ask this morning that we would see you, that you would show yourself to us um, and that as a result we would know and love you more. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, So this week I spent a bit of time in Addenbrooke's hospital. Don't worry, there's nothing wrong. Um, What I was doing is I was observing um, a chaplaincy team and this is part of a course that I've been kind of doing in Bible college, just kind of trying to mop a few things up. And I needed to go and see what a chaplain does. And if you don't know what a chaplain is, uh, it's some kind of minister uh, of Christianity or of some kind of faith that is attached to a secular organisation like a, a school or a prison or a hospital. And they're there to offer a kind of faith perspective on things, uh, you know, to help people who, who might, you know, might want to hear what they have to say. So there I was in Addenbrooke's with their chaplaincy team and I was kind of going around visiting lots of different people in all kinds of different situations. Some wanted to talk about God, some really didn't. Some wanted to pray, some uh, didn't at all. All kinds of different people. Uh, but we came, I, I, uh, I remember this, uh, I think I'll probably remember it for a while. We came to this guy who was 23 years old and he'd been in a car accident and he could no longer use his legs. Uh, he couldn't walk. And he had asked us to go and see him. And we got there. And um, as I listened to him, two things were clear really quickly. The first was that he had faith in Jesus. Um, he said he knew Jesus. And he was full of the Bible. So he spent some time quoting Bible verses to me uh, and the other person that I was with. He spent some time talking about Jesus. The second thing that was really clear, though, was that he was really angry. He could not make sense of what happened, and he was kind of—he was just clutching at anything for it to be put right. So there, he sat there. He sat there in front of me in a wheelchair, and he—he literally—he ate one banana after another, in the hope that it would give him strength to walk. The the Bible verses that he was quoting were all about Jesus healing people. And he just, he couldn't understand why Jesus wasn't healing him there and then. As he spoke, you know, he he was in great distress. His world had just fallen apart around him. And it seemed as if actually he was now falling apart in front of, of, of me. Now look, I, I'm sure we can really sympathise with, with this guy. You know, if I was in that situation, um, I'm sure I'd be confused and distressed and angry. And in fact, I can even react in that way in circumstances that are much less serious. You know, so here I am, I have a faith in Jesus, 
I'm a follower of Jesus, and yet when things don't go my way, when, when little things don't go my way, or when I, when I lose something that I love, when everything seems to go against me, and life just seems to fall apart, I can't, I can't see Jesus in it. I can't make sense of that. And I, I even start to panic. Maybe that's how you feel. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know um, if that's how you feel in your everyday life right now. Uh, some of you, that may be the case. Maybe uh, some of us feel about the whole Brexit thing. Uh, you know, whichever way you voted, it seems, doesn't it, as if things are just kind of falling apart around us. And perhaps you're slightly fearful of what the future holds. I guess the question, though, is, is why? You know, why is it that we follow Jesus, we have faith in Jesus, and yet when everything falls apart, so do we? Why, do, why does that happen? There'll be lots of factors that go into that. And I want to say that it's okay sometimes to feel like that. It's completely okay for us to be confused and angry. But what we see in the passage this week is that when everything goes against us, even when our response is all over the place, actually Jesus shows himself in such a way that whatever we go through, we can trust him. We can trust him. He, um, he shows himself in this way, um, that, that in a way that will, that will calm our deepest fears. And it, it, it happens at the beginning of a, a, a new section in Mark. So what's, what's been happening so far is we've seen that Jesus is the king. That's what we've sung about that this morning. We've seen that in Mark. He brings his kingdom. Over the last three weeks, what we've seen is Jesus teaching about his kingdom So he's been sitting there teaching. And what's been really clear is that he has authority over it. So he decides who's in his kingdom. He decides who's out of his kingdom. He has the authority to rescue people, to bring people into his kingdom. And in this section, we see that actually Jesus stops teaching. He's not teaching now, but he's acting in the most extraordinary ways. Uh, Ways that, that, that... show that his power, his authority, isn't just over his kingdom, it's actually over all the elements of this world, over our greatest enemies in this world. And therefore, what he shows us is, is what it's like to be part of his kingdom, how good it is to be part of his kingdom, to have a king who is greater than all of our enemies. So next week we'll see how Jesus has power over Satan, and demons. The week after, we'll see how Jesus has power over death itself. And this week, we see how Jesus has power over creation, and more specifically, over the chaos of natural forces. This week, we see Jesus and his followers go through a storm. And uh, perhaps this is a passage that's well known to us, Uh, perhaps not. Either way, it's a passage that's full of questions. 
And what's really interesting is as, as we go through the times, so not necessarily a physical storm, but when we go through times where it feels like everything's out of control, where it feels like everything's falling apart, the questions here become our questions. And ultimately, Jesus deals with them by showing us who he is. Three questions uh, in the passage, and they fall off the back of three things uh, that are happening. And we'll look at them in turn. So first thing we see is that Jesus is with his disciples in the storm. Jesus is with his disciples in the storm. So you may remember, beginning of chapter 4, what's happening? Jesus is teaching, and he's teaching beside a lake. And at one point, he gets into the boat, and he's teaching from the boat. So there he is. He's on the lake. Everybody is around the side, and he's teaching them from this boat. And here we see he's finished teaching. And what happens is he decides to take his disciples on a journey. He's going to go across the lake. Um, And uh, the lake that they've been at, you know, he's going for a day trip. And um, what is clear in the passage is that Jesus is with them. He has the intention of going with them. Uh, As they set off, Jesus take, the disciples take Jesus with them. So he's he's with them. Just have a look at verse 35. Uh, That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over, let us, I'm going with you, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There are also other boats uh, with him. So there they are, Jesus and the disciples, together in a boat. Other boats too, they're crossing the lake, but Jesus is with them. And out of nowhere, a disaster just just comes. Just have a look at verse 37. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. A furious squall. So this is, this, is not, this is not a bit of wind and hail. This, this is like a hurricane. That, that, that's the kind of picture here. It's the kind of thing that makes you know, BBC World News. You know where you see like a, uh, a tornado or a hurricane or something and suddenly you've got these kind of immovable objects, things like houses and uh, lampposts, just being picked up and thrown around like toys and then put down somewhere. Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that's going on here. And that's obvious, isn't it? Because the waves are coming up over the boat. They're swallowing this boat. They're swamping this boat. So the disciples are in, complete, in the midst of complete chaos, overwhelmed by this storm. Jesus is with them. He's there. Jesus, who is the king, whose who's teaching has amazed people, who's cast out demons, who's healed people, this Jesus is with them in the, in the middle of a hurricane and he does nothing. Let's have a look at verse 38. Jesus was in the stern. What's he doing? He's sleeping. Jesus is in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Disciples woke him and said to him, here's the question, teacher, Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? The question shows, uh, doesn't it, that 
this is not what they were expecting. You know, as they got in the boat with this Jesus, they were not expecting to lose their lives. They, they were not expecting Jesus to do nothing. And so they asked, don't you care? If you're here, if you cared, if you, if you really loved us, you would do something. Why is this happening to us? Don't you care? Now, look, we don't know why it's happening. We, we don't know why, why Jesus was sleeping at this point. I guess that shows us that he was a bloke, that he was a man. But why he chose to sleep, why, why the disciples are fear, left fearing for their lives, we, we just don't know. I guess what we do know is exactly what we see. Isn't it? That, that for Jesus to be with his disciples does not mean that they will never be in a storm. It simply means that Jesus is with them in the storm. Now that's a really helpful principle for us. Because you see, I, I guess, you know, many of us here, they, we follow Jesus and um, Jesus is with us. That's what the Bible tells us. That, that wonderfully, by his spirit, Jesus is with us. And this passage tells us that Jesus being with you does not equate to ease and comfort in this life. So even for people who, for whom Jesus is with them, there'll be times in life where everything seems against us, where, where we're swamped, where we're overwhelmed, where it looks as if, as if our lives, something you know, that we love, our lives are going to be taken from us in some way. There'll be times like this, Times where we're left asking, don't, don't you care? I guess some of us will, will feel that more than, than others. Um, and it, you know, if you know that there have been times where you've asked that question, times in the past or maybe even times now, I would encourage you to talk about it, to, to share it for those of us who will go through those times. You know, I, so I remember when, um, when I first became a Christian, I looked at the Christian church, and um, do you know what I thought? I thought, here are a bunch of people who've got it all together. And so now I've got Jesus, life is gonna be great, and it's gonna be easy, and I'm gonna be sorted. Now, it didn't take me long to realize that that is not what Jesus promised. But do you see, it's a huge help, isn't it? When, when we see actually in one another's lives, when we're reminded, when we actually, we show a watching world that there are times in the Christian life that are really tough. And there are times where we do wonder where Jesus is, what he's doing, whether he cares. You see, this passage and as we share those things with one another, they, they remind us what to expect. Now, of course, the truth is, Jesus does care. You know, he went to the cross to die for his people. He cares that much, he loves you that much. But as we look at that cross, 
we see that the Christian life will never be easy. We're following that king who was crucified. And it especially won't be easy as we remain in the chaos of a broken world. So I look at that guy in hospital and part of me thinks that will never be me. But it could be. In fact, it could be worse. Because Jesus never takes, he doesn't, not for a single one of us does he take us out of this broken world and he doesn't protect us from this broken world. He's with us in it. Jesus is with us in the storm. So what happens? Well, wonderfully, disciples, they don't perish. They don't die. Uh, Because they wake Jesus up and he does something. Just the second thing we see, Jesus calms the storm. This is the second thing we see, Jesus calms the storm. So Jesus has been woken up and here's his response in verse 39. Uh, Just have a look down there. Verse 39, Jesus, uh, uh, sorry, got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Jesus rebuked the wind as if it was doing something that it shouldn't do, that it ought not to. With a word, he spoke to the waves and creation stopped. So there you are, you've got this this hurricane just flying around, complete chaos, waves as high as a building, swamping the boat, and in an instant it's completely calm. It's flat and peaceful. Jesus calms the storm. You may have, uh, you may have heard uh, the story of um, King Canute. Uh, he was the king of uh, Norway in uh, the 11th century. And by all accounts, this guy was a great king. He's a really, really good king. And what happened is people around him really thought highly of him to the point where they, they gave him a great deal of flattery and thought you know, almost worshipped him. So much so that one day he had had enough of it. He had had enough of people thinking too highly of him. So what he did, King Canute, he, he took his staff down to the beach. He, he, he told them to bring his throne and he put his throne right in front of the sea. And again and again, he sat on his throne again and again. Uh, he commanded the waves to stop. Uh, so there he is, he's sitting there, his staff all around him, and he held his hand up high, and he's speaking to the waves, and as they come towards him, he's saying, stop, stop, stop. And they didn't. He kept speaking, but the waves kept coming, and his throne kept sinking. He kept speaking, but nothing happened. And his point was to show that even the greatest king does not have that kind of power. That the greatest king has no control over the elements. So you see, as Jesus speaks and the waves stop, 
we see that he's not just an earthly king. It reminds us, of course, doesn't it, of the beginning. You know, you go back to Genesis, and what do you read there? You read that God spoke. God spoke. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and it was so. God spoke, and the water obeyed. Jesus is fully human, but he's here doing something that only God can do. He speaks, and the, the wind and the waves stop. This Jesus is God himself. And of course, the natural question, then, is the one that Jesus asks in verse 40. Have a look uh, down there. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you, do you still have no faith? You see, if this is the Jesus that's with them, if, if this is the Jesus that can calm the storm of the world, then why are they so afraid? Why didn't they trust him? Because that's what their fear shows. You know, the fact that they're terrified shows that actually they don't have faith in this powerful Jesus. That's what Mark does with fear and faith. He puts them at polar opposites. And he says, look, if you don't have faith, you'll be full of fear. Ultimately, fear of death that underlies everything else. But if you don't have faith, you'll be full of fear. He puts them at polar opposites. And yet, at the same time, faith and fear are a messy mix, aren't they? So here are people, remember, here are people who have faith. They've left their nets, they've left their families, they've left their homes to follow this Jesus. And they gladly sit at his feet. They have faith, and yet here is a situation in which they seem to have none. They're full of fear. Now I expect that is how fear and faith works with us. You know, that was clear with this guy in hospital. He had faith in Jesus, I could see that, but he was afraid at never being able to walk again. In one sense, he had lost part of his life. He thought that Jesus didn't care, but actually he was afraid. And so we come back to that question again, why? If Jesus calms the storm with a word, word, if, if he's that powerful, why doesn't our faith in him, why don't the fact that we follow him simply just get rid of all our fears, why are they just not cast away in this life? Well, here's the last thing we see. The last thing that we see is that we need to see that Jesus is the king over the storm. We need to see that Jesus is the king who is over the storm. So Jesus calming the storm shows us that he is king over the storm, completely unlike King Canute. He's in control of the elements. With a word, he stops the waves. And as the disciples see this, they're terrified in verse 30 to 41. Of course they are, because here's someone doing only what God can do right in front of them. So of course they're terrified. They're in a fearful state. But in that, they turn to one another and they ask a question that reveals their problem. It reveals the answer to the why question that we've been asking. Have a look at verse 41. They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. 
who, who is this? You see, they have faith. They're following Jesus. But what has just happened is a shock to them. Their fear about the storm comes because they still don't see who Jesus is. And that is what they need to see. That is what we all need to see. That Jesus is the king over his creation. He's the king over every storm. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. Nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing is out of his control. You know, we, we don't know why Jesus allowed this storm to happen, why he allowed it to go on. We don't know why he seems to do nothing. But when we see him for, what, for who he is, what we do know is that he remains the king over the storm. He's the one who's able to calm the storm. You see, when we see him for who he is, Fully God, higher than any other king. We trust him in the storm. So it's not a case of we don't need to try really hard to have faith. We don't need to tell ourselves not to be afraid. We need to see Jesus. I just want to finish by sort of making three really brief applications based on perhaps where we are. It may be that you, you've only seen Jesus for the first time this morning, that you never knew that he was this kind of king, God himself, who can calm the storm. If you've only seen him and you know that you need to trust him with your life, I mean, he's your only hope. If you know you need to do that, then then please do that and then talk with somebody about it and rejoice in it. It may be, though, is the second application that actually you're going through a really difficult time, uh, that you're fearful. It doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus. It doesn't matter if you know in your head that he is the king. You know, we say, don't we, oh, yeah, of course, Jesus is the king. So Jesus is the king, ruler over everything. But when, when disaster strikes, our circumstances are what we focus on. They are the things that overwhelm us. And so if you're in the midst of difficulty, asking Jesus, don't you care? Please see him here, see his power, look at him, see that he is the king over the storm. Nothing is beyond him. Nothing is out of his control. It may be that actually at the moment life is fine and it's good. Praise God. But keep reminding yourself of who this Jesus is. Keep seeing how great a king he is. Because even though there are things are fine now, there will be times where actually you fear for your life. And the more you see him now, the more you will trust him then. Let's pray. Uh, let's pray together. Father, we praise you uh, as we look 
uh, at Jesus with a word calming the storm. We see not only that you're able to do that, but that you are a king for whom nothing is out of your control. Even the storms of this life. Father, we pray that we would see you and we pray that we would trust you. Pray, Father, that you would give us such faith that we would have no fear of what the world can do to us. Please help us, we pray, for your glory. Amen. Um, so we're just going to have an opportunity for um, uh, some discussion and questions. Um, and yeah, please feel free to talk amongst yourselves. Um, if you don't want to, if you just want to sit there and think about what's been said, or you want to look at this passage again, that's fine. We just want to stare out the window, not a problem. Um, but um, if you want to talk, that's great. And then there's been an opportunity to ask any questions or chip in any thoughts. Um, let's have a couple of minutes for that now. Kind of contribute um, or ask or comment on um, anything at all. Go on, Megan. Yeah, I, I think um, that's that's a really that's a really good question, actually. Um, and I think so. You're absolutely right. It's not um, it's not wrong to pray that kind of thing. Um, so it's what we see here is Jesus is able to calm the storm. Now that's a massive encouragement. You know, he's able to fix uh, a problem, um, and so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I think um, that uh, Mark possibly, when he re- when he recounted the story, he's he's potentially he's got some psalms in mind, that and that's why that question comes across like that. Uh, so absolutely, it could have been. Um, and I I want to say it's right to ask that question. So it, it's right to be angry, confused. It's right to ask if if you know where are you. Don't, don't you care? Like, I, I think that kind of cry for help that can be, you know, in desperate situations is absolutely right because we read it in the Bible. Um, and so I don't want to say that's wrong. And I don't want to say that God is, God is absolutely able to, to sort out our circumstances. I think w- what I was trying to do is help us with our expectations, if that makes sense. So going back to the guy in hospital, um, that was, that was his issue. So can, can Jesus heal him? Can Jesus make him walk again? Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that he absolutely can. But I don't know if he will. That's the thing. And I, don't, I, I, I know that through this life, we are not immune from that kind of thing. Um, and so it just helps us to think, actually, you know, as we go through this life, yes, we have an all-powerful God, a really good God. Does that mean that we'll never come up against 
these kind of times, no, not at all. We, we, we may well do that. Um, I was, does that answer your question? Yeah, how do we pray? I, I think um, that, again, it's not wrong to ask for change in circumstances at all. So by all means, pray that. But go about it with the right expectation. That may, that's, that's never a promise. I think in it, it you, you also need to pray, um, I guess, that you, that you would know God more, that you would trust God more, even though nothing seems to be happening. Um, that, that seems to be Mark's purpose here, that actually even in those things you would trust him. So ultimately, I would, I would be praying both those things. Um, I think that's what I do you know, in, in times like this. I, I, I pray for, um, uh, you know, give you an example. There's a you know, good friend of mine had cancer. Um, and I pray with him <clears throat> and I would pray that God would take away his cancer, um, but uh, whether God takes it away or not, that he would trust that God is good and that God is in control and that ultimately he's going to be with him. Um, now, I guess the thing is, when you pray uh, that God would take away something like cancer, ultimately he will. You know, ultimately, so what we'll see in a couple of weeks' time is he's defeated death. So ultimately you will be in a place where you will not have any of these issues in life. And so in one sense, he's kind of answered that prayer, even though you may not experience it here and now. Um, does, does that, sorry, does that help at all? Um, okay, brilliant. Annie. Yes. No, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, it, you, you, it's right to cry out to God like that. And it is right to ask questions like that. Yeah. So what I'm not saying is this is their reaction is wrong. I think their reaction is understandable. I think the the issue that's revealed is that they they don't see Jesus for who he is. And as I say, faith and fear is a messy it's a messy mix. So we have faith, but something happens that reveal that perhaps we don't our faith is not as strong as we thought. Um, that's okay to cry out at that point, um, but we also want to say we want to see you more, we want to know you more, um, trust you more in that. Um, yeah, does that make sense? Does that, does that, yeah. Um, 